Welcome to the Onassis Air Conversations. My name is Mirto Katsimicha. I'm a curator and cultural worker based in Athens and your host in this series of recorded encounters with the participants of Onassis Air. Founded on the principles of learning and doing with others, Onassis Air is an international research residency program in Athens initiated by the Onassis Foundation in 2019. They say that what happens in one place stays in that place. I cannot find a better way to describe all the things that have been happening inside the Onassis Air House since I first entered as a participant of the Critical Practices program in fall 2019. The truth is, it is not easy to transmit an open-ended process of relationing which is very personal and relevant to a specific place and moment in time. How can I then give you a glimpse into that process? Everything starts with a conversation. Throughout this series, I'll be speaking with the Onassis Air participants to shed light on their artistic practices and needs, as well as to reflect on ways of being and working together. Today, I have the chance to talk with Manolis Manousakis, a composer and sound designer based in Athens. With a passion for recording soundscapes and creating interactive audio documentaries, Manolis traveled to Lebanon to conduct a two-month research at Beirut Art Residency as part of the Onassis Air Exchange Residencies Program 2019-20. In this conversation, we will talk about his research into the soundscape of the city of Beirut and its people, as well as about his involvement with Media Electronic Collective and Kumaria Residency. On this occasion, we have also invited the Lebanese artist and sound designer Nur Sokon in order to trace the parallels of the auditory experiences of Athens and Beirut. Welcome. Hello, Mito. So for me, sound is everywhere around us, but sometimes we, um, we don't see it and we forget about it. And I would like to start this discussion by asking you a very simple question, which is, what is sound for you and how do you distinguish it from noise? Well, sound is life and life is full of noise. So noise is part of sound and it's something that we don't really recognize in our everyday life. So we tend to uh, forget how noise is our, li- is our life. And that's something very common between Athens and Beirut. I mean, if you want to talk about common things that Athens and Beirut have is noise. And uh, well, and noise is not, it's not really a bad thing uh, because you don't really realize that we, 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 we live in a noisy environment. It's a behavioral thing. So we behave and we express ourselves through noise. So we drive fast, we use our cars, our devices, our voices, our music uh, in a very loud manner because we tend to express ourselves in such a way. Now, 
because noise doesn't have really characteristics. I mean, if you if you walk, walk down the street, you can identify a car that passes in front of you and it's very, very loud, but this is not the only soundscape that you listen to. This is not the only noise that you listen to. So really, noise doesn't have a face most of the time. So you don't really know who produces noise. It's a pollution, actually, that cannot really be identified as something that somebody does. And at the same time, it's a pollution that if we all decide to stop it and turn it off, then uh, turn off every device, then this pollution can go away. Just write that. It's not like the sea pollution. It's not like the sewage, the sewage in, the, in the forest. It's a pollution that we can actually get rid of in a very simple way by changing our behavior. And through the quarantine, we realized that in the big cities. And I went to popular places that usually they are very, very, very noisy. And you could listen to, I don't know, I mean, in Sigru, uh, in Sigru, sorry, in the center of Athens, in Sindagma and Ermu, you could listen to actually not birds, not insects, but you will listen to the electricity. You could listen and record the electricity passing through the electric pillars. So that was the sound of Athens. Wow. Um, never expect that. So you, you never really expect that. And there it is. So after we leave, then what do we leave b- back? In Marusi, where I live, every morning it was like visiting a forest. I never imagined that the train that passes like a kilometer away from my house was so loud or that the noisy environment of the suburbs is so high. Mm. And now that everything was closed, it was like, a f- it was like being in the middle of forest. It was like actually being in Kumaria, <laughs> uh, which is the residence that we have in the, in a small village. So, um, so yes, sound is life. It's also um, watching a previous talk that you did here at Nasser. You were talking a lot about stories and also how um, how we create our own stories through the sounds that that we listen to. And um, I think we we can talk about this specifically about the project that you launched. But before uh, doing that, um, I would like us to. To, to talk about your experience at the residency and uh, your research there. Well, when I went to Beirut, my plan was to go out and record interviews, sounds in the manner that I used to do in Athens with the projects that we did with the Onassis, with the, with the Onassis uh, which was in 2013, Soundscapes, Landscapes, And then again in 2015 and 16, uh, the second part of Soundscapes, Landscapes and the, uh, and the application My City, My Sounds. So, and this is an application where you actually visit towns or cities or neighborhoods that somebody has added sounds. And then you can uh, visit that city in an auditory manner. So you listen to the city in another way. 
So we've done that in Athens in Neos Cosmos, uh, Gazi, Metaxurgio, uh, Keramikos. We've done it in Crete, in Montreal, in uh, Selassia, in Thessaloniki, several different cities. So uh, my initial idea is, was to, for Beirut to be, to extend, let's say, the cities that we were covering. So I started recording my experiences there. Now, the, the, the way you do it pretty much is like taking Polaroids. So if you go to a city and you start shooting uh, with a Polaroid uh, camera, and then uh, what do you get? You get small events. So you get small characteristic sounds that identify a behavior in a particular area. At the same time, you get interviews uh, of people that live in that area. Now, Beirut is a very vast place with uh, many different sound sources, since we're talking about sound. So the first and most obvious thing is the, that you listen to the traffic of Beirut, which is kind of louder than the traffic of Athens, but I think we are heading there as well, <laughs> slowly, slowly. But uh, and then you listen to, okay, it might be a cliche, but you listen to the mosques and the prayer. At the same time, though, you listen to the esperinos, uh, which is the Christian afternoon prayer as well, from the Orthodox or Catholic churches, and that was unique. It was unique because uh, I never imagined that these two elements can be so distinct and at, sa at the same time so unified in a city. And so that intrigued me a lot. So I started the interviews from somebody who didn't really know Beirut or the history of uh, Beirut, asking, you know, what's the what's What's the story behind it? And why, when you visit the center of uh, Beirut, the blue mosque actually plays exactly at the same time the prayer with uh, St. George, which stands exactly behind it. And then you learn about the Green Line, and then you learn about the history of Beirut, and slowly, slowly, you start asking the younger generation how this has affected their own lives. So you make somehow of an auditory documentation of what life is now in Beirut and how this has affected the different generations. And that's part of the sonic environment of Beirut at the same time. How did you start uh, this series of interviews there? Well, by walking. You just walk around. If you don't walk around and if you don't knock on doors and if you don't bother people and if you don't make friends, then uh, you can't really get the the samples so that if, if I uh, that you need and in two usually these projects when we do them in Athens take about a year year and a half so in two months you just need to walk a lot you need to visit a lot uh, we did a couple of workshops that's where I met Noor as well actually no I met Noor at the coffee shop yes I didn't meet her at the workshop I met Noor at the coffee shop at Haven for Artists. And I was interviewing there the, uh, ah, 
Nuri's going to remind me her name because now I'm stuck. But the, the, the girl who runs the, the foundation, and Nuri was just standing there and she's like, oh, this is a sound artist. And she might be very interested in uh, working with you or she might be able to help you out. And uh, that's how Nur, we became friends with Nur and she started helping me out. And, uh, well, she's a very good uh, sound artist as well. And I started f meeting artists through the connections that all these people had. So that was, that was very interesting as well. You know, meeting people that did the same thing with you in another place, in another area. That it's so close to Greece, but you don't really hear about it. I remember that you mentioned at some point uh, in the past that uh, during the very first recording that you did in Beirut, you lost everything. Yes. And, and uh, that's uh, something that I think all, all of the artists that work with technology and media must face at some point. Well, it was we, when, I first, I, when I first landed, the day I landed, I met uh, this uh, fantastic uh, photographer uh, who actually took me to his uh, father's uh, land in the south. So we were, I, I don't remember the place where we were, uh, the, the place that we were. I don't remember the name of the place. I just remember seeing tomatoes for hundreds of meters and meters and it was at the valley and then the first sound i took was i actually i didn't really take it because i don't have it but i tried to take was the masks that uh, started at 5 15 i think that evening and they were playing a different prey it wasn't the same it was different so i asked him i said you know it's not really the same And he was like, well, it's not the same uh, because they belong to different, I don't know how he explained it. Um, one from, was from Saudi Arabia, the, the, the other one was influenced from Egypt and they had these different praise. So it was very dystopic, dystopic, whatever you were listening to. It was like a composition, a sound composition already made for you. And I was lucky because I had my iPhone, uh, my phone actually recording at the same time. So the only recording that I have is 10 seconds from my phone and the rest I forgot to press record. And I was never actually able to get a similar recording. So I asked Ziad, uh, Ziad Antar, his name, uh, to take me back there. But uh, we went back, but no, I wasn't very lucky with it. Um... It's, uh, it's interesting from uh, what uh, we have been discussing so far um, that I understand that uh, for you who work a lot with sound, it's also something that um, includes another kind of sense. It's also the sense of uh, the vision. Well, what I, what I did in the beginning when I started this project I used to take a picture or, or, or a small video of the place that I was of of where I was placing the microphone actually. Just to have uh, in the beginning, I started that because I wanted to have a visual representation of where I was, so I remember it. So I just remember where I was, what I did, uh, and this way I could archive the sound better. And slowly, slowly, I 
I gathered so much information about the places that I worked, uh, that I, I visited, that it looked like a blog. So I said, okay, why don't I use it as a blog? And maybe I can explain better how sounds represents that particular area at that particular time and see if it makes sense and maybe make some composition, sound compositions around that area and use an optical element like a picture uh, in order to justify better the, my cause. Uh, and that's how I started. So it's not that I, I have a, a camera, everything was done with a phone and I still do everything with a phone. Something that's very easy to take out of your pocket and just take a picture right there of where you are or, or a small video. So I ended up with like 50 or 60 videos in Beirut with that. But with uh, your project, My City, My Sound, um, it's not only about your stories, but also about the stories that the participant of the application, the, uh, the person who wants to use it, let's say, can interact with it and can download the pieces or upload. My City, My Sounds is a platform, uh, uh, regardless of the visual elements that I, I, uh, I did for my project. Uh, it's a platform that hosts uh, maps of different cities. So everybody can actually download a map of the city that they want to create a sound walk and do their own sound walk. So we can have 10 sound walks in Beirut or however many people are interested in making. I think there are like four or five in Beirut. So My City, My Sounds is an open flat platform created by ZKM, Dionysis, and Medea Electronic in 2016-17 through Interfaces program. Uh, it doesn't really host video, it just hosts uh, sound. You can upload some video files and archive them within the system, but it's a sound walk application. It's more of a tool for, I would say it's a tool for composers to create uh, in a different way a sound composition of an area. Have you gone back to the sounds that you recorded in Beirut? Do you do, you do that? Yes, a lot, a lot. I use them. I use them either in my professional work or I do sound designs with them. I, I like them a lot. They're, it's like revisiting an old album and you want to see your friends in like from the vacation that you went 10 years ago in Santorini, let's say. So the same thing with sound. You re I Beirut. And at the same time, I use the sound still in my compositions and in my, in my line of work, especially the traffic sounds, which they're very, very, very vivid, and other things, the markets. So let's go to your work with uh, Media Electronique, uh, which you founded. Um, it's, an art, it's an artist collective with a quite multidisciplinary approach, but it has a focus on new media practice as far as I understood. And um, can you tell us more about it? You're also running a residency. 
Yes, we started in 2006 with our first work, uh, which was called uh, Media Electronique Project One, that was uh, actually inspired and based on Euripides' play Medea. Uh, so since then, we have produced several plays, workshops, uh, live events, festivals. We run the, we, we run a, a noise music festival, uh, which this year is uh, online and it's a radio broadcast that happens uh, the first week of each month and hosts uh, 14 to 20 different noise artists from around the world that they present new music. Uh, in 2009, we started hosting a residency in Kumaria, uh, which is in Selassie, actually. We, we started hosting a residency in Selassie, which is uh, a village between Tripoli and Sparti at the foothill of Mount Parnonas. And the region is called Kumaria. That's why the residency is called Kumaria. This is a, a residency, a multidisciplinary residency, which hosts uh, dancers, composers, video artists, theoreticians, philosophers, poets, writers, uh, with the goal of creating collective artworks. Uh, it's been now 11 years. And we hope that this year we'll be able to make it in uh, October. We'll see. And the residence is a 10-day program, so it's quite short. It's short and intense, intense. yes. How did your perception about the, your residency change after your participation in another residency? Well, I went to a residency that uh, nothing was done collectively except cleaning the house. So it was very, very interesting because I had to wake up in the morning, contrary to what happens in Kumaria, and plan my own day, start creating by myself for my own project, where in practice, till now, I was just doing it collectively, either within Media Electronic all these years or at the residency. Uh, so that was that was very very different, and actually I enjoyed it a lot. And I realized that mm, maybe people that come to the residency sometimes need to, to have rest. some time to to rest <laughs> and relax. And it's not all about you know making things and waking up in the morning at ten and having a production meeting and then doing art all day and then going somewhere else and doing another art project and performing every day and showcasing every day. Uh, but you know, it's just a different way of uh, running something. I mean, maybe Kumaria is like a production bootcamp for contemporary arts. But um, at the same time, there is very, very nice work created. And like Noor, who was at the residency, there are very, very nice people coming and they're very creative. And actually, the residency is the residence. So if they find a place that they can create, they're just going to create and create and create and produce work and more work uh, that at the end will justify what the residency is about. So it doesn't really matter if it's collective or if they do it by themselves. It matters that you give them the tools to just do what they get inspired to do. Mm -hmm. Perhaps now is the right time to bring in Noor.
uh, who is a sound designer from Beirut and who has also participated in your residency, but you met in Lebanon for the first time. Is that correct? Yes. yes. Noor, hey, welcome, hello. Noor. Hi. Hello. hello. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I have the port behind me. Yeah, I saw that <laughs> with the with the boom. <laughs> so, how are things in Beirut? Very strange. Very strange. It's a quite okay. a strange time. With the corona, it's kind of like Greece. Now people stopped wearing their masks and there's still the revolution happening somehow. Okay. So it's uh, strange times, but we're managing. Nora, welcome to our discussion. Thank you. I'm very interested to, to hear uh, how did you guys meet, uh, but perhaps you could also tell us a bit more about how you met Manolis and how you think about his what he's he did in Beirut, um, yeah. Um, I was at uh, Haven for artists. It's uh, There's a coffee shop there and also a residency space. And I happened to have a meeting with somebody there that day and uh, the founder, Dana, um, she, she told me, oh, you should meet, uh, you should meet him. Like you, sh you guys will get along because you both do sound. Go talk to him. I'm like, okay. So we spoke and uh, and I remember he told me he wanted to interview someone that day. Uh, so we went for a walk to try to, to check if the person he wanted to interview uh, would be around or available. So after he interviewed Dana, which I found quite exciting because I just, I like this uh, approach. So, okay, do you want to just start making sound, recording things and researching? I just thought, yeah, of course, let's do it. Uh, and so it just started from there. And then organically, we just... Uh, started doing more sound blocks together and is it different for you to to listen to your city through Manoli's work for example do you hear more sounds well I mean I think it, the, the difference is I personally don't know a lot of sound artists in Beirut or in Lebanon I know a lot of electronic composers musicians but there aren't a lot of people here that I could go have a walk with and just listen uh, in terms of listening to the traffic, listening to to the other the, the electricity, the other sounds in the city, the people talking, the noise. Uh, so it's quite nice to share that listening experience with someone else as well and reinterpret that and, and see, for instance, how he would consider composing it, uh, turning that into a soundscape versus how I would do it. Uh, so for me, it was more that process of sharing the listening experience uh, that I found to be quite interesting because like I, I even remember when we would record sounds it also as when I put the recorder the question is how long do you stay recording the sounds for so it was interesting for me to also see how long he would choose to record something for it's never mm -hmm. usually two minutes I have to say so that's quite cool <laughs> we, yeah more material yeah and you've also had the experience of uh, coming to to Greece and participating in the residency yes the fact that there's artists and members from so many disciplines in a way gave me and the other artists that I collaborated with, including Manolis, an opportunity to, to have documentation, for example, which is something I struggle with a lot as an artist, to have a lot of archive material, uh, different perspectives, uh, 
because even when we go for walks, the other artists would take pictures or record something and that allows for more opportunities for the work to grow. Um, so I found that, that pretty amazing because from all the residency experiences, I haven't had one as collaborative and let's say as intense as Kumaria. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, but that was, uh, I think that was pre a pretty amazing part of it. Um, I mean, as a, there's this kind of pressure in some way as an artist that every time you're creating work, you have to do a lot of research and you're kind of attempting to create this, um, let's say, masterpiece or this thing that's going to blow someone's mind. But in this case, it was more about trying things. And when I was there, at least I wasn't trying to create this, uh, let's say, best work of art, but I was just trying to explore my possibilities and to learn from the other residents and to see how... I could grow or think in a different way with a limited amount of time. And, um, and it was that we had these discussions in the evening that were also very helpful. We had very long days, but it just kept, it just kept the, the juice flowing, the creative juice flowing and kept things, kept me motivated and, and it kept the other residents motivated. Um, so that was quite beautiful. Yeah. Through your exchange, did you find some common things about the, the local scenes that you are part of? between Beirut and Athens, a common thread, let's say? I think the noise scene, the music, the noise music scene of Beirut is a very vivid and very active scene, uh, which reminded me of the scene in the beginning of 2000 in Greece with uh, small clubs that used to uh, host this kind of music up to 2009-2010 before the the big foundations came in and found you know this kind of music and they hosted it as well but so that kind of scene is very very active in in beirut as it used to be in athens where it's not now actually so that's something that uh, i found very common and it's very good actually it's very good i think it's one of the best noise scenes that i've heard regardless of if it's in the east, so it's, and because it's a very small place, Beirut is, is a small place. Then everything happens in one street, and that's that that works organically very very well. Because you know, on Monday you go to this bar that for an hour hosts a noise artist who plays as a DJ and then plays some noise elements, and then you go to the other bar the next day and play something different. And it's just an underground, it's not an underground bar, it's, it's a cocktail bar, or it's something that, you know, might offer, you know, a more hipsterish uh, environment and some food and some drinks. And then at the same time, there is a small noise festival happening for a day or two. So, I mean, that doesn't really happen in Greece. And I don't know if it happens anywhere else, actually, to tell you the truth. Uh, because the noise scene is a scene that now you find it within universities and it has become very academic. It has become very proper. So it's become classic. But in Beirut, it's still wild, noisy, naive, and progressive, I think. I think that's... That's actually, I talked about the similarities and the differences now mm -hmm. with the West. 
And uh, I think because musically is a very, I don't know, a very interesting area where you have all these chants and then you have Arabic music and then you have rock music and you have all these very talented people that play both instruments and electronics. And they, they are very, very open, more open than I will say the rest of us in exploring different elements of music and mixing different elements of music without, without having a preconception of how this, how they should sound. Mm. I think that's one of the main differences. And you could see that from Nur coming to the residency, actually, who was very, very open-minded. And the first day that she came, she actually grabbed the rest of the residents and said, okay, why do we sit in the house? Let's go outside. That was day one and do something in that, uh, in that old tavern and let's recreate uh, a project that had happened in the past there from day one and that's how the residency started actually without having any I don't know any, any idea of what art should be let's just go out and do whatever and see where that leads us yeah and I think that comes from Beirut a lot since Manolis left Beirut a lot has changed now talking about Corona and quarantine, I mean, for us here in, in Beirut and in Lebanon, uh, the soundscape changed drastically even before uh, Corona came here. It changed since, since, the, since the revolution started, since October. Many places have been shutting down and opening up and shutting down and opening up. You know, just like, for instance, there's, there's construction right next to my house and you know, Beirut is always, you hear construction, you hear people screaming, honks. And since October, it's like some parts of Beirut are completely empty and deserted and shut. And, uh, and there's one area where the sound is all concentrated, which would be where people are protesting, like in downtown, for example. I think sound might not unify, but might give you an idea of what happens in an area. It documents. Different people documents where different people live together that they might come from different backgrounds so they have different religious backgrounds but uh, so you can get a unified voice now how noisy this voice is and how contradictory is is a different thing it doesn't always end with a lullaby song <laughs> Noor, did you also spend some time in Athens? Uh, like two, two days, approximately two, three days, not very long. <laughs> but what was the sound of Athens for you? I mean, a Athens is a lot bigger than Beirut. Uh, so it is noisy, but not as dense as Beirut. Like when Oli was saying, you could find a lot of things in one street in terms of what you'd want to see in one night. Um, I mainly saw the typical places like Exatia, and uh, and I found that the, the people, I mean, we look very similar the way that, you know, people move their hands, the way that they communicate. So I didn't feel like I was somewhere foreign or somewhere I didn't understand. It's just that the language that I was hearing was completely different. But the, the body language was very similar and the way that people spoke, the loudness was very similar. As opposed to when I lived in the UK, for example, you know, they, that loudness is considered aggressive, you know. So it, that, that gives me some kind of comfort. 
Yeah, which is exactly actually how you, when you are from Greece, how you feel in Beirut, actually, because you can't really distinguish in Beirut who, if, I mean, nobody thought I was Greek or not, and because, because English is a second language for many of the people who live in Beirut. Uh, some people that are from Beirut, maybe Arabic is a second language anyway, because they've gone to a French school or an English school. So it's very, very interesting. You don't, I don't think that somebody from Beirut will ever feel like a foreigner here or a Greek will feel like a foreigner in Beirut. It's very interesting. And we talk about Beirut though, not Lebanon. Yeah. Okay. Since we are running out of time, uh, I would like to ask one last question. Um, and perhaps we can close with a short excerpt from uh, My City, My Sound. Um, what is the weirdest sound that you found in Beirut or in Athens? In Beirut? Uh, you want to go first for Athens? <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> no. The weirdest sound of Athens? Well... It's a bit hard to answer. Or the most interesting, let's say. Let's not say weird. I mean, I, ha I have to be honest, most of my experience in Greece was Kumaria, not, not Athens. Um, That's okay. Okay, I need, I need to think about it. Because <laughs> weird is something that, that, that I'm used to, so I, I don't really think that something is weird. It was at the Bekaa Valley. I think that was the weirdest sound in Lebanon at the Bekaa Valley, where I started recording the refugee camps mm -hmm. and you listen to the frogs, you listen to the children running around and at the same time at the prayer, where at the valley, you, you again, like the very first experience that I had in Beirut, and that was one of the last ones, all these different masks had at the same time the prey and it was different prayers happening. And again you are in a very dystopic place something that it's very alienated and the only thing that brings you back to reality is the children that laugh or the frogs at the others because i was next to a creek and i never realized there were frogs there uh, i think that that was the weirdest experience i had in uh, lebanon sonically And one of the most interesting ones was in uh, in Tripoli Dome. Mm. It's a Niemeyer's not finished Expo Center, where there is a theater that was never finished, but it has all these uh, steel wires still hanging from the ceiling, uh, with uh, immense reverberation, where you can actually create whole pieces by, I don't know, banging at them or by walking around, or by just breathing in the space. Mm. Uh, th these two, yes. These two are things that I've never encountered before in my life, recording in different cities and all these years. I think these were the two most unique places and recordings I've made. Noor, are you ready? <laughs> I can speak for Beirut. <laughs> I can speak for Beirut um, because when I was in Athens, I was we were still in this state of Kumaria. We weren't. I wasn't very. I, I was. It was more like I was surprised to go back to the city. 
that was the surprising thing, going back to the sonic environment of the city, because we were in this parallel universe there. Uh, and I believe the other sound artists that were with me felt the same thing. Um, and in Lebanon, it's uh, the strangest sound. I mean, I've also visited that dome and that was a very beautiful experience. But the strangest sound for me is, uh, is the silence because in Beirut, this experience of silence is very new and I'm constantly used to hearing so many layers of noise and like attempting to distinguish all these different layers, but the silence somehow haunted me in a different way. And um, it was when I, because when the silence began, I was able to hear the sound of the drones and the helicopters in quarantine, especially in the beginning. Um, and these, uh, I realized how not having noise could really affect someone psychologically when they're used to noise in the city but hearing the sound of surveillance. Wow. That was, uh, it was quite difficult. <laughs> but now the noise is coming back. <laughs> Thanks for sharing this. Thank you for having me. Uh, Manolis, to close the discussion, uh, can you, would you pick um, a sound from uh, the platform that we, we could listen to after we, we end the discussion? Which one would it be? I think it will be the soundscape of Pekab Valley. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Noor. Thank you. Thank you both. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. If you want to listen to more conversations, please subscribe to our channel. You can find more about the UNASSE residency program and each participant at www.onasses.org. This series is produced by UNASSE Thanks to Nikos Kolias, the sound designer of the series, and to Nikos Liberis for providing the original music intro theme.